This is Michael Dolce, host of the Secrets of the Sire livestream and podcast. Quite the week for the Iron Throne. First, its famous creators reportedly quit the new Star Wars trilogy to focus on their new Netflix deal. And what a range of reaction. Part of me is like, good. They can't ruin the Star Wars the way they ruined the Game of Thrones ending. But the other part of me is like, they rushed through the ending of Game of Thrones because they supposedly wanted to work on Star Wars. Either way, doesn't look good and was a real waste. Meanwhile, HBO passes on a Game of Thrones prequel, then they green light one. No one knows for sure what the future of Westeros holds. All we do know is that HBO has now become the home to some disturbing Jeremy Irons nudity. Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by the Superhero Tour of New York City. Discover where your favorite superheroes save the day on the Super Tour of New York City. Receive 10% off with the code SECRETS at checkout. Go to secretsofthesire.com slash on location. If you're in the New York City area or are planning to be, go book your tour and find out where your favorite superheroes save the day with the Superhero Tour New York City. Secrets of the Sire starts now. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sire Studios digital network. That's youtube.com slash Sire Studios, facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire, twitch.tv slash Secrets of the Sire. And we are up on all major podcasting sites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher. We are out there. Tonight, Star Wars Shocker. Game of Thrones news, Watchmen theories, and Valiant Comics, Lisa Hawkins spins the racks. I am your host, Michael Dolce, as always, joined by my co-host extraordinary, Mr. Hassan Godwin, Lord of the Livestream. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, it's good. Good Wednesday. (laughs) Before we begin, just want to throw a little love. Uh, The Sire Evil Variant is on Indiegogo right now. We have one more day left. Uh, go be a part of Sire. It's a great way for new readers to jump on board. Uh, it was featured on the episode uh, four of the CBS show Evil. And uh, we decided to make a variant edition of volume two. So again, great way to jump on. Go to sirestudiosinc.com slash evil. And we got a Kickstarter announcement coming next month for Descendant. Uh, we'll be debuting November 12th now. We pushed it to give it a little more room uh, between our uh, Evil campaign and the Kickstarter campaign for Descendant. Uh, but you guys don't care about that. You guys care about Star Wars. And you care about Game of Thrones. And we have both as we get into our Sire Bites. Now, Hassan, before we jump into the Star Wars shocking news uh, that just got released on Tuesday, or I guess late Monday, early Tuesday, whatever, uh, the irony to the Star Wars shocking news is that Monday we were scratching and clawing when we have our pre-production meetings to find news to talk about. And we, you know, had some backups and instead all this other stuff comes out. It's like, wow. It's like our prayers were answered. Uh, yeah, it was just like Christmas. It was like you go to sleep and then you wake up the next morning and then everything is, all the news bites are under your tree. Right. It's like Christmas for us, not for fandom. <laughs> or maybe no, it is for fandom. No, I don't know. No. Well, depending on the fandom, the angry fandom is happy. Yeah. Angry fandom is, is uh, plenty happy right now. So Star Wars Shocker Game of Thrones duo quits planned trilogy. This is from Hollywood reporter 
Com. Uh, Benioff and Weiss, uh, the much maligned creators of Game of Thrones, uh, actually weren't maligned up until this past season, uh, announced they suddenly yeah. have quit the trilogy. Uh, in a statement, they said, we love Star Wars. When George Lucas built it, he built us too. And getting to talk about Star Wars with him and the current Star Wars team was the thrill of a lifetime. And we will always be indebted to the saga that changed everything. But there are only so many hours in the day and we felt we could not do justice to both Star Wars and our Netflix projects. So we regretfully are stepping away. Uh, on the one end, we won't have to answer the question of whether they could actually pull off any non-sourced material uh, or whether they screw up the Star Wars universe. We don't have to, we don't have to worry about them in yeah. particular. I'm sure, I'm sure Disney's going to want to you know, go ahead with the non-Skywalker star uh, type stuff. Oh, they they absolutely will, and and they have Ryan Johnson's trilogy, which I will not watch. Uh, then that will. Uh, that, There's a I lot guess, of speculation that that's not going to happen. I, either. I, I, I've seen rumors that it is not either. I think uh, they are course correcting, and they're going to fix everything. You know, on the other end, you know, I, I post this on Facebook too. I was just like, I have and Twitter. Um, you know, you can check check us out on Twitter, Sire underscore Studios. I have so many feels about this. Uh, you know, really? What because, are your feels? Because like, you know, you sit there and you're like, wow, look at these guys, you know, and they, they don't want to take on too much and they don't want to screw something up the way they debatably, arguably screwed up um, the Game of Thrones uh, finale. I, I, I think when the smoke clears from the Game of Thrones thing, I think the blame's going to go to the right place. And I think even though... I absolutely adore him and adore his writing. I think the blame goes to George Martin. No, um, it, in, it doesn't. In, it doesn't. In one, in one oh, particular... In that he didn't get the books out fast enough. Is that what you're going to say? In one particular meeting, um, in one article that I read, they asked, you know, one of the rare situations where Benioff and Weiss actually answered questions mm-hmm. pertaining to that, they literally said, we ran out of material. I mean, so they, they literally, like, just put it out there. Yeah, it's like, why'd you end it so, you know, so yeah. so abruptly? It's like, we ran, we didn't have any material to continue to do. It's not our story. Right. I and mean, they were trying, you know, they were making it theirs. They are not the, the nuanced writers that George Martin was, you know, right. is. I, that doesn't mean they're bad writers. I don't really think that they're bad writers. I think they did a good job of what they had. Mm-hmm. But obviously... Um, one of the one of the tricks of uh, Game of Thrones is there, there's a lot of there's a lot of in character characteristic um, depth and gray matter um, in each every one of those characters that George was able to imbue in the characters to make them all very interesting. Yeah, and without his insight into that. You, they they all start to become just kind of cartoon but the, characters. That, but of, that's but that's of what I kind of. But that's what I kind of, that's why I have so many feels in this. It's like on the one end, you know, okay, great. You don't want to rush. You, you don't want to uh, do injustice to Star Wars. On the other, you rushed Game of Thrones to get to this. The I don't believe that, you, that they did that. The idea that you, no, but the idea that you didn't have material is not true, though. You crammed a ton of material into eight episodes or six episodes in the past. There was no material. They didn't have any material left by the time they got to, by the time they got to season seven, they didn't have any material. So then they're basically admitting that they're, that they're incapable of crafting a story based off of something that without, it's almost like, it's almost like there are some artists out there and myself included. I am absolutely in this camp a hundred percent who literally can't draw unless they have reference. 
I literally can. I, I could draw if a you, couple if things. If you want to spin it that way, but let's say it's the other side of it. They, they pitched this show to adapt these books mm-hmm. into television shows. And then the, 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 the books ran out. They ran out of books to adapt. So it's not like we're going to take this show and we're going to do some amazing stuff with it. Yeah. And we're going to build a franchise off of it. And we're going to build an empire. We're going to have spinoff shows. We have so many ideas based on your books. They love those books so much. And I'm headcanoning here. But mm-hmm. they love those books so much. That they said, we want to make your books into a television show. And one of the reasons he went with them according to George, according yeah. to his, uh, is because they wanted to do the most faithful adaptation of his work sure. that he had, that, that they had pitched. So, okay, I picked these guys because they're going to do a faithful adaptation of my work. And then I'm not going to give them any work to do, you know? So it's, it's, you can argue. I don't think the, 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 the I, I don't think it's wrong that they are not the writers that George is. I do not think that is a wrong description. But the thing I will say is they never claim to be the writers that sure. George is. They claim to be people who are adapting, and they adapted quite credibly, quite quite amazingly, his work oh, I, onto I, the screen. 100% agree with Until they ran with out that of statement. books. I agree, 100% agree with that statement, yes. And I, th- I, guess, I guess everyone can agree with that statement. The, the thing so, like, his last book, like, you're, 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 here's, look at it from this way. That someone, does, um, someone does mainstream, right? They're going to, you know, Mike, that you mainstream, you have the, you have yeah. the original run of mainstream. Right. Mike, we're going to turn this into a TV show. It comes out, it's like the boys. It becomes a big hit. Everybody, yeah. like, oh, this is amazing. This next thing. I guarantee you, and the comic books is way easier than a 1,200-page book. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I guarantee you oh, will have at least with, within 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 two years you'd have at least two more graphic novel size, sure. uh, you know, uh, uh, books worth of material for mm-hmm. them to use to keep making. So that's what you got to do, George. You had eight years. One more book would have got you at least two, three more seasons. No, I don't disagree with that assessment. However, so, here's here's the thing, though. Right, they got this Star Wars gig because they were because of the clout of their successful Game of Thrones yeah. run. It's, right. it's almost like you can't, you can't have both sides of this. You can't sit there and be like, yes, we are really, uh, we're the right people to bring star, the next Star Wars well, trilogy to life. It. You got to look at it the if, other way. If, but then at the same time be like, well, you know, hey, like we didn't have any material, you know, that's, that's why, that's why the, not, the rest of Game of Thrones, you know, kind of. You're not thinking, well, no, no, no. We're going to write Star Wars, right? We're going to do our own Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? As opposed yeah. to we're going to adapt someone else's book and when we run out of material to adapt, we are going to embellish and, and, and come up with our own endings and ideas. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a completely different thing. If you if you're just if, – if it's like a, a stenographer, right? Yeah. If I am just typing what you're saying and you stop talking, what am I supposed to do now? Just uh, and I think what he means by this is, you know, and I'm going to embellish this, and I'm going to add a little flourish to the. But, but that's I mean, not the job. What I do understand of what ended up happening is George R. R. Martin gave the outline of what is supposed to happen, and so the bullet points of everything that that took place, whether it was in written uh, novel form or not, you know, they had his outline. That's how they came to the to the conclusions. They just right. clunkily they clunkily put it together because they're not the writers that he is, and they were they were wise enough to realize that we are not we are not up to the task here. 
then they should they should have handed off the show at that point. So I, I don't think you can escape blame one one way or the other. I think I'm they have the ability. They have the ability. Blame. I'm I'm just they saying... have the ability to pick up the phone because George R. R. Martin has written for them before and say, look, we just don't have this. This is gonna this is gonna be majorly bad unless Who's we have to you say come that in. They here. didn't do that though. I, you know, like so we far, don't know that they didn't do it. We do know yeah, that I mean, their their, their, te- their the testimony about it is that we ran out of material. That's yeah. their testimony. I do not, I, and we know that he is notoriously late. He's taken eight years to write one book. Yeah, HBO right? wanted ten seasons. Remember that though, and they and they ducked out of it because they wanted to go do the Star Wars thing. And now they, we don't. It wasn't, and now it had we have nothing to a, do with the Star Wars thing because they were announced. The, the Star Wars thing was announced just to, just as they were wrapping up season seven. That would, no, it was supposedly in the works uh, for two years prior. It was in the, yeah, it but was, it took them two years to do it was in the season. Works. Yeah, I know. I'm it just saying them, it was in the works. So, so what? I'm saying that, that it, it's not as if they were wrapping up season I don't, yeah, seven but and I don't eight think they and they quit. got this phone call from Kathleen Kennedy and they're, and they're like, hey. But I also don't oh, think that they got a phone these... call from Kathleen Kennedy and said, okay, okay let's just bail on this Game of Thrones thing. I think, I think if you look at it, right? You're coming to the end of your your yeah. your one, you know, your your most successful opus, right? Your yeah. magnum opus. You're coming mm-hmm. to the end of it. You want to continue working in the industry, right? This yeah. ending is going to either be very controversial or very amazing. You got to start planting a seed for what you're going to do after now, while you're riding high on it, because. Yes. If it turns out to be a disaster, you're only going to be remembered for the end, which is basically what's happened to them. They're only being remembered <laughs> well, <laughs> for the end of it, right? And it, make, and so it makes you, you wonder. It also makes you wonder how much they've been listening to the backlash that they don't even want to try to get into Star Wars Because now. I don't think there's, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Also, if you look at Star Wars, Star Wars isn't exactly a stable battlefield right now. No. Uh, you know, no. Kevin Feige is coming in. That means Kathleen Kennedy is eventually going to be going out, you know? Mm-hmm. They, she's not she's not very popular either they 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 savaged ryan johnson i mean maybe yeah. maybe deservedly so maybe not very you know it's obviously it's obviously not it's it's not a booming industry no. for star wars right this minute i mean maybe they'll turn it around they've got the mandalorian they've got clone wars they've got which by the way that trailer looks star awesome wars movie yeah um they got that last star wars movie coming out so they might just turn it around the ship might write itself but yeah. it's not it's not a guaranteed thing, and mm-hmm. it's definitely not a thing that embraces new, uh, new creators. Right. So, I mean, Netflix comes along and says, hey, we got we to give you $200 million, <laughs> or you could try making a Star Wars movie after your Game of Thrones <sighs> fiasco. Which one would you choose? Yeah, Which look, one is your choice? I get it. I get it. I can... I can yeah. completely understand the logic yeah. and rationale behind it. Yeah, because it because there's nothing but logic and rationale behind it. It it doesn't it just doesn't speak to honor and and it just it, there's there this no antiquated honor, notion of what about uh, honor? Of That's honor the thing. If fans. if you yeah, but you're you but your honor is one sided because where's the honor in in uh, in telling people to adapt your stuff and then not finishing it? Where's the honor in that? If I will you say do this contract. If you, if you, if you, I will contract, say this. We're going to, we're going to adapt this material and uh, you're going to provide while we're going to, we're going to be adapting this material while you're going to be providing new material. I was That's not expecting this. I was not expecting this argument coming out of you. So 
I color love, me impressed. Color me I impressed. I love George Martin, but I'm tired of I'm tired of the, I'm tired of us like like jumping onto these talking points that have not been proven that they jumped off of this to do Star Wars and now they're portraying Star Wars. It's like okay, these guys are punching back. Well, ironically, ironically and enough, maybe they I think are. fans maybe are actually rejoicing right now. See, that's the thing. Huh? I think I think fans are actually rejoicing right now because of how poorly. Uh, received it is so who cares what the fans are doing the fans are, fans are rejoicing fans would be rejoicing if they got into a car accident fans honor is not is not anything that we want to jump on you know okay they're they're rejoicing it there's there's i mean it doesn't really mean anything when it when it, it rains, really doesn't mean anything the next good it, thing that they do the fans are going to be right back there with them you know and they're going to forget possibly. about all this other stuff i mean i mean no one's going to forget about how game of thrones ending the fans never forget the fans never forget about the prequels the fans are never going to forget about the sequels as long sure. as these these generations are alive. About you know the people who hate, yeah. but you're going to find out just like we did with uh, Captain Marvel and all these other things. Where everybody says that there's a pile on and there's a there's a there's a number of mm-hmm. where in the aggregation is is against whatever whatever the preponderance as a you know argument as as most people say that most people are against these people and these guys will never work again the next they made they they said these guys are never going to work in this town again and they make a 200 million dollar deal with netflix so obviously obviously the preponderance doesn't know what they're talking about they made that before that uh finale came out Uh, speaking speaking of game of thrones no it no they didn't sign the deal after i don't i think they signed the deal yeah but i mean they, they 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 signed a deal with, well, uh, they, they they pull the Ari Gold, you know. You, you you book your next assignment before your first your before your last in, one in, comes out. And in understanding that, I don't understand what your argument is. You're just making an argument for the sake of an argument because no, you I understand actually, exactly what the what the the, uh, the business acumen of these guys are. Oh, you know exactly I completely yes. No, no. Again, I, I'm not talking. And from you a don't believe in you don't believe in honor in business. Trust me, I talked <laughs> to you. You don't believe in it. You believe in whatever gets the job done. So now you're white knighting. In, in this particular I, I disagree for the you. sake of a, for the sake of this this uh this segment that's what I, you're doing no actually i disagree in fact i it's mm. funny because part of me having had conversations with you am uh, just completely stunned by I'm the white your placement right now in this <laughs> so all right i just Move, i just moving, want the truth i don't really on. i don't really care we're never gonna get the truth what we will get not but i mean we more, have the more game I, wanna, of thrones. I wanna argue the facts with you that's all Okay, not, uh, not fair enough. Fair enough. I will continue to infer. Uh, Game of Thrones prequel you. pilot starring Naomi Watts not moving forward at HBO. Uh, Shocker! So, so this is, I mean, it's one of those rains that pours kind of moments. You know, Game of Thrones just... Now you talk about fans being happy because I heard a lot of people aren't happy about this particular... We're not happy about this idea. Yeah, First it's of all, starring... it's not based on any material that George has written. So another yep. danger zone. Yep. Right? And they wanted people wanted to. George even wanted it to be called the Long Night, and they decided to try to call it Blood Moon or something like. I mean, it was already on the on the weird rails, you know. Yeah. On the on the rails of weirdness before it even got out of the the tunnel. Check, check this out too. The uh, it's interesting. Uh, just in the articles from Variety, Variety confirming with sources, uh, it was starring Naomi Watts. The cast and crew were recently informed that HBO had passed on the project, uh, so they didn't even get to a pilot. Uh, sequence. The, the potential series was set to place, take place thousands of years prior to the events of the original series. series. HBO declined to comment. In addition to Watts, the pilot starred Josh Whitehouse. Um, I don't really... I, I mean, I can go through a laundry list of the cast, but I don't really see anybody that I recognize besides Naomi Watts. Uh, Jane Goldman co-created the project with George R. R. Martin. 
who's a Song of Ice and Fire novel series, serve as the basis. Yeah, Goldman he was, and Martin he was gonna wrote be a the story with Goldman writing the teleplay. She would have also served as showrunner. Uh, she and Martin were executive producers. Um, now, so it's, you know, the pilot was one of several Game of Thrones projects that were put into development. At this time, none of the other projects are believed to be moving forward either. So this is according to Variety. That's uh, not what I heard, though. I, I, just, I, did, I yeah. have heard that his, uh, the, the Fire and Blood... Where are your sources? Where are your sources? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. That was, that was our conversation from last week. But no, you are correct. The Game of Thrones prequel, House of Dragon, gets HBO series order as per The Hollywood Reporter. So there is some life in Westeros after all, but still quite a week for the Iron Throne. No, the seventh so. and final season proved to be the mo- most divisive amongst fans, uh, many of whom criticized seventh the direction final, of the show. It's the eighth and final. Yeah, well, that was so variety. That's correct. Oh, uh, oh, wait, no, the seventh and final season. So both seasons. I, I read that. I read that. Uh, I gave that the wrong. Uh, okay. Uh, right. Annotation there. Um, that was that was poorly written, though. Yes, not very well you written. Shouldn't, you shouldn't reference well it like that. Okay. Um, okay, go ahead. So it was very highly divisive. So it's just a question of, you know, is HBO is HBO? See, HBO does strike me as as smart enough to know when enough is enough. To you know, when it, maybe like, so. I mean, they also wanted two more seasons of Game of Thrones. I mean, you never know. You don't. You, that's why I'm saying, I'm I'm saying the well, whole they, they wanted two more seasons. Is, yeah, they yeah, wanted of, two more seasons like five years ago. You know, five seasons ago, they they wanted they wanted it to keep going. Uh, because the story was really good and, and it and it didn't feel as, as as truncated. I think you and I both agreed too when we talked about those last two seasons that had they just done two full seasons, ten episodes instead of doing these. I oh, mean, even- I agree. I'm just I'm I'm not into. I I will argue with you the the merits of whether what we got was good or not, or was yeah. good or bad. I will argue with you the merits of whether that story. Um, made a connection or didn't make. Yeah. What I don't want to argue is the is the reason behind it. Because that is, then we're all getting into speculation. Whose fault it was and all this stuff fell apart. I mean, ultimately, yes. You we, should would have do a blame, to blame. we should do a blame pie. Can we do a blame pie? Is yeah, there a... and spin it. And just spin it. How? Um, you, ultimately, the, the you know, like, like the stupid saying goes, a fish rots from the head, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. ultimately, whoever's in charge is to blame. Right. But then how up how how high up in that chain do you want to go? Right? right? So that's what that's another thing that's like who cares about the blame? Right. You know, I mean obviously these guys are talented, to, mm-hmm. you know, because they gave us 6 years before these last two seasons, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's indisputed. That's not disputed. That's that's indisputable. That we that those are facts, right? Yeah. Um obviously they're talented they're they're, they're creators in their own part. They were both uh, they were both accredited uh, writers. One of them was a novelist before they even did this and yeah. they wrote the 25th hour. Blah blah blah. So one of, them, I mean, one of them wrote Gemini man. So throw it up there. We just don't know. We just don't know. All right. What, is, what does that mean though? What, well, it, well, it, bombed. Th- it bombed and it wasn't good. That so doesn't we, no. We don't know. Did you see it? I heard it was terrible. So you don't know why it bombed. See, so what I'm saying? Something that's I that's have, what I'm talking about. Something I have seen. That's what I'm talking Watchmen about. Watchmen yeah, episode two. Whatever. When segue we come back, an interesting theory. segue. Interesting theory. Is Ozymandias Jeremy Irons? And if so, who's, 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 who's those butlers and maid? Who, is that Doctor? Are you Manhattan? honestly wasting time on this? On this uh, when we come segue? back. <laughs> Hi, 
This is Michael Dolce, host of the Secrets of the Sire podcast and creator and writer of The Sire, a superhero forced by his own costume to fight evil. It's kind of like having a spider sense, but instead of warning him of danger, it actually puts him in danger. I want to talk to you about a super cool event in the Sire world that just took place on Thursday, October 17th. My character was featured on an episode four of the hit CBS show, Evil. It featured a pinup from our most recent trade, Sire Volume 2, Lost in Time. And the artwork was by Andrew Mangum and Gene Jimenez. I got to tell you, it was one of the coolest things ever to happen to see my work featured on TV, even if it was just in the background as set dressing. So to celebrate, I thought, why not create a campaign featuring Andrew and Gene's amazing pinup as a variant cover to the original trade? It's also a great way to introduce the sire to the Indiegogo community, which is something I've been wanting to do for a long time now. So if you like 90s superhero action about a guy who has no control over being a superhero and has gotten critical praise from sites like Newsarama, Comic Buyer's Guide, Wizard Magazine when it was still around, and more, then you've come to the right place. So let's celebrate the sire's appearance on the hit show Evil on CBS, and let's welcome him to the Indiegogo community together. Thanks. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by all of our beloved patrons, dedicated fans, Tom Osa, Craig Caruso, Einar Peterson, Matt Byer, Ashley Haikai, Omar Morales, Brian Phillips. Congratulations. Got married last week. Awesome that. wedding. It's very exciting. Actually went off without a hitch. Steve Hovecki, <laughs> our program director. Stephanie Dolce, and as always, our Uber fan, Christina Dolce. Go check out Stephanie Dolce's new recipe book. It's on Amazon. Uh, go look up her name. And look up the words recipe, and you will find her on Amazon. So go, sis, go. Uh, all right. Watchmen has just been fantastic. Like, like I, I, just, from, just from a pure, like you kind of said in the last segment, uh, creative sense of this is not Watchmen, but it has, to me, it always, you didn't say this, this is my interpretation. It feels. Yeah, don't put words in my mouth, man. It feels like don't Watchmen. Uh, it feels edgy it feels daring uh episode one came out and completely shocked everyone episode two there wasn't anything shocking necessarily but there's st things starting to come uh more clear into perspective so this is our spoiler alert if you haven't seen episode two yet uh don't check this out. <laughs> don't, again keep us running keep us streaming <laughs> just turn the sound off and you'll be okay but you're saying it didn't do that well, though, right? No, no, it, they don't. They, uh, you know, it's HBO is HBO is the they first one they said they, they didn't did post it. Post the ratings for the. For they the said second. it did really well. I, I didn't go digging you up didn't the go ratings. Too deep. I'll okay. I'll go next week and, and we'll dig up some ratings. I think if it thing. okay, well, we'll say it again because of the controversy behind it and you know how heavy you know. Yeah. If it did really badly, we everybody would have heard about it, you know. Yeah. Because that would have been on a yeah. uh, that would have been on one hundred and fifty thousand clickbaits. Yeah. Of, uh, no. Like and and the thing the, the thing about it, I actually read like this they really do the, great. The, the Walking Dead almost every year now. Right. It's starting to actually get obnoxious, you know. Right. It's like, okay, like, it's been on for ten years. It can it could withstand a, a ratings drop. Okay. So I read the, I read this great article though too, and it's like nothing. Ratings mean nothing now. Because if you think about it, Netflix is like Netflix said that uh, for the um, uh, 
for some of their series, they get like 25 million views from subscribers, but they don't tell you what a view means, you know? So it could be literally three seconds, yeah. it could be 10 seconds. Which is good, which is kind of a good thing because that means something you really like might last a lot longer for whatever reasons. Sure. But, and that's a bad thing because now, now there's no explanation as to why certain things disappear, you know? Well, network because, TV like, what they, that, is, that was their, right. Network TV's in a free fall when it comes to these things. You know, a 2 million rating, you know, 10 years ago, you'd have been dead by the second episode. Now a 2 million rating, you know, Walking Dead gets 3.5 million. Uh, and that's 7 million below what they were averaging a couple of years ago, but it's still like right. significantly still higher than anything else. Because of all the competition that's out there. Correct, correct. Um, but the thing but, is... But plus you, seven day, you know, people don't watch it the day of now. I mean, they, they were even saying, you know, the Watchmen rating... Uh, it, it did really well streaming live, you know, and that's yeah. where that's the rating that they were because like, kind of, of a, like, because, but, but they don't even know like what's the seven day because of DVR. Yeah, like DVR has changed like the whole. I mean, whole I watched it Monday morning. You know, I, I I was tired Sunday night. And I was like, oh, I'll watch it in the morning, and you know, that's a playback. And then I almost three don't later, watch anything now. Yeah, on the time at the time it comes out, almost at. I think almost absolutely nothing I watch is actually it is not pre-recorded. And, and some people want the binge factor; they want to wait till oh, you know, three episodes are out, six episodes are out, you know. So, so ratings are it's such a such a weird thing. Um, suffice to say, though, the show is is being responded to very highly by uh, critics. It hasn't been renewed or anything like that, but I got to imagine uh, HBO will continue to see this thing through couple things that kind of came more clear into picture in this episode. And then I want to get into just one aspect to it that I thought was really fascinating and a theory that I found because I think that's kind of fun to, fun to kind of play around with. One, you know, we're starting, we started to piece together, um, you know, Lou Gossett Jr.'s uh, past, uh, the note that uh, was written, you know, watch over this boy from the first episode was written on the back of another historical event, which I did know about, thankfully, this time around. I did know how Germans uh, were actually sending leaflets out into, into the ether. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was World War I or World War II. Um, by the World War I. Yeah, which doesn't line up 100% correct then, because if he was serving in World War I in 21 i guess no actually it does it does serve uh, it because it was because it, it came up yeah. yeah it came out beforehand right um you know that's where the leaflet came from so that was kind of that was that was and it, and it's still there and that was pretty like that was a that was another i'm a history guy so anytime you can you can you can kind of utilize a historical event as small or as or, you know a, a detail like that i think it's yeah. i think it's really cool uh yeah. second we learned that uh adrian veit is Obviously, Jeremy Irons, uh, he's definitely still there, but his butlers, and we'll get more into this in a little bit, uh, clones in some way, shape, or form, or something, something strange going on with them. Oh, we didn't. Then we technically didn't learn that then. If we're still speculating, then we, uh, we, we didn't learn it. We get, we get more information that they might be. Yes. And then finally, the thing that I thought was kind of cool, and it's something you don't like about the show right now, just from our conversations, or at least... This is me putting words in your mouth, potentially. It is adhering to the Watchmen formula by having a murder mystery. Like I didn't, it didn't even, it didn't even, it didn't even register for a second because I was so taken aback by the first episode. But the first episode is exactly 
the way the graphic novel kind of opens is, is who murdered the comedian. And now we have this, you know, who murdered the chief of police. Uh, and we're starting as, to learn. It is as if the entire fight in the beginning with uh, Ozymandias and uh, between Ozymandias and the, the comedian were an entire hour long episode. Yeah. And then ending with him being right. Ending with Ozymandias still being in concealment. So us not knowing who is who and ending with him being thrown out the window. Right. And then I right. was trying to figure And then, then the next episode would start with, uh, with Rorschach showing up to investigate the crime scene. Right. Right. So I don't, I don't, I don't know where you got that from. Cause I didn't say that a murder mystery is, is what no you, you were you just, you just you were annoyed by we still don't really kind of know what it is yet it you know what it is we don't really know what's going on i don't mind i don't mind a mystery i mean this this episode made it a little better because it is very slowly revealing little pieces of information about mm-hmm. the people that we're, we're following of course there's this giant mystery that we're all gonna we're all gonna try to to discover right we're yeah. all gonna try to work out on our own but there's very little story um it's hard to explain there's a there's very little story that doesn't rely an explanation and then there's very little explanation because even in episode one when we were waiting to find out that we were going to be solving a mystery. Yeah. Because the person who, who was going to be killed, whose mystery, whose death we're going to solve in some way, had not been killed yet, right? right? We still had a ton of back information that we didn't have on the goings-on yeah. that led up to the murder. So we still didn't really know who the Calvary was. Um, we still didn't, I mean, we didn't know what the, uh, uh, what was it, the night, the, um, the, the, that was depicted at the beginning of this episode. What did she call it? The the night that the, all they tried to assassinate all the cops. Uh, oh, the, the white knight. The, the white knight. They they yeah. we still didn't we still didn't really know what the white knight was, right? So I think they could have put a lot of exposition in episode one, just so you could so we could set these 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 little these little nuggets up. Yeah. So that we could be ready for this mystery. But the the in my opinion, and I love I I know it's not necessarily that this is not going to be successful. When I criticize something, I'm not talking about whether it's going to be successful or not. Right, right. Um whether it's not going to be popular or not. When I criticize something is I don't know if the story is going to hold together long enough for them to be able to f- keep feeding us, slow feeding us this information. And here's here's one of the everybody's learning from Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones mm-hmm. is, you know, is is at the moment, even with that bad ending, even with mm-hmm. the ending that the controversial ending, because mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't necessarily think it was a terrible ending, but it was a it was a controversial ending. Uh, it's the gold standard for like long form, uh, giant cast television, right? Right. You, at at the moment, right? They're learning all the lo- wrong lessons from, and everybody's learning the wrong lessons from Game of Thrones. Walking Dead thinks is just kill people randomly to keep shocking the audience, sure. right? Walking Dead has lasted ten years, so maybe they're not wrong. But that is not <laughs> the lesson of that's that is not the lesson of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones basically the lesson you learn from Game of Thrones is how do we how do we keep you invested with all these characters for X eight years, right? Mm-hmm. Start from the beginning. 
Now, Watchmen, the, we know the comic book. We had the comic book. Right. But now you're going to bring us back to the comic book. And you're going to, um, you're going to bring us into it 30 years later. So we've got 30 years of, uh, of, of history that we don't know anything about. We've got 30 years of sequential storytelling mm-hmm. that we don't have. It's a, it's, a, it's a couple of missing graphic novels in the right. middle. And we picked up the, the, the fourth graphic novel after the, after, the first, uh, after the first successful story. Right. Um, because you're picking it up, you're starting with Act Two or Act Three almost yep. in your in the story that you're trying to tell us now. Relying on doing Acts One and Two in flashbacks, it's crucial if you're going to try to tell this kind of story to have as much linear storytelling as humanly possible in the story that we're, we're following mm-hmm. in order to uncover everything from the past. You understand what I'm saying? I understand. And by throwing hit, hood, hooded justice, whole hooded justice sequence in and throwing these other, like these past flash scenes. But in, that's what, that's what the original graphic novel did too. I mean, we, you know, we didn't really. The original graphic even, novel didn't really, I mean, it gave well, you. We didn't understand certain things until well into the fifth or sixth issue, sixth or seventh issue. I mean, even this whole subplot with the ship and the boat and how that was the metaphor now, for Ozymandias' you know, struggle. You, you know why? It, it, that, there, are certain, there are certain things that they threw in at you that it took you a while to figure out, but they gave you the mystery right away. Sure. You knew exactly, you were grounded, and you knew exactly what was going on. You gave me the mystery of the, 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 that the, the comedian had been killed, Gave me the mystery that Rorschach and and um, and the owl and uh, Miss Jupiter, mm-hmm. they were all a team at some point. They were right. they were all they were they were all adjacent to each other. They all knew mm-hmm. each other to the point, and that they were they were all retired. This is all information you got in the first issue. They were all retired and passed it, and 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 you know mournfully retired, right? Yeah. Regretfully retired, and. The, what you slowly started to unpack was how the team broke up as, as well as starting to reveal some of the cracks in the, in the armor of the, the veneer of some of those characters. Like you find out that the, the comedian was not a hero. He was more of an ass. Right. Right. And then you find out a little later that he had actually, he was more sympathetic or had, you know, had more human uh, qualities that, that even he was letting anybody in on. Right. Yeah. So I mean, there's, but but because we had the we had the foundation, we had that through line of who killed the comedian, mm-hmm. and who are the who are the players in the story of people who are going to find out who killed the comedian. Not to mention that the chapter breaks that you had were were info dumps of right. information that that embellished the the past world that we didn't see. So they didn't really they weren't showing us, you know copious flashbacks that we have to piece together they were giving us information and then by the time they showed us like the sequence with uh with the original sally jupiter with her mother right and and the comedian stuff like you knew who these people were and you knew what was going on so you you knew the hooded justice was a little suspect and you you knew there, there were a lot of things you knew about it so what i'm talking about is this i don't think I think I understand what they're doing with the mystery, and I know with the mystery that you're gonna you're gonna throw as much stuff against the wall at people and have the the 
um, the audience to try to decipher all of it. I know one of the things, because of, of modern day storytelling with social media, you want to get everybody on the internet talking as mm -hmm. much as humanly possible about speculating everything. What always usually falls apart with these things is that if someone figures out the answer, the game's cooked. You know, now what you want to get them to do is you want to, you want to be world building. You want to keep right. people, I don't know about, I don't know if the right. Well, it's funny you mentioned world building. You, it's it's you funny you mentioned people invested until yeah. you actually, while you're actually uncovering the mystery. But I, I even love the fact that Hooded Justice is the centerpiece of this documentary on all the stuff that we kind of knew from Watchmen. It's going to be our entry point. And, and for people who haven't read the graphic novel, I think that's going to be our, their entry point into the graphic novels backstory and world. And it's also at the same time revealing something new for us because he was the one character in the graphic novel that got, you know, he had like one moment, I guess, or one or two moments in the, in, you know, in the flashback sequences. And then it was really never, you know, touched upon again. He was a he was a tertiary character, tertiary character, side character. So then, to keep the same style that the graphic novel did, bringing it to the TV show, and then also I don't know kind of, I, I I think we're in disagreement that they're keeping the same style. I think I I think I think people dis believe that it's the same style because it's being yeah. told in a nonlinear fashion. It feels it, I just, don't, it feels I don't, that way. Yes. Yeah, but I don't actually think it's successfully being told in a nonlinear fashion. I don't think I think the other story because Alan Moore is a, is a brilliant writer. I, sure. I think the other story had a through line, a very sharp and very strong through line that you didn't know that wasn't a mystery. Yeah. That was like okay, someone obviously killed the comedian. Someone yeah. obviously went into his house and killed the comedian, and then you had a you had a foundation to stand on while you uncover how right. Dr. Manhattan happened. Who you know? Right. Who is in on what and all this other stuff? I think for a, a story that complicated, you got to give us something very simple to hold on to. Yeah. Once you're done, I'm going to know. Once the story's over, I'm yeah. going to know who killed the comedian. That's the only thing I want to know. When you don't have, you don't have a simple question and answer when you approach this comp this yeah. this uh, this iteration. Because you did, you know, you you're, you're one of yours. Like, I want to know how this ties into the to the to the comic book. I want to know, you know, what's going on with the Calvary. What you, you know? know what the, I want to know that number. Want, the first thing I want to know who killed the who killed the chief. I want to know what Luke got. I mean, you you're walking in it with like four or five different dangling concepts. Yeah, but the first one you mentioned, though, the line. first one you mentioned, though, I think the layperson who hasn't read it has no idea it's a comic book is not going to come in with that. They're they're just going to see. I'm curious. I'm curious I, as to this is, how this is, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is will people's attention span and hold out long enough while you're dangling all these parts without giving right. them a through line. Right. I'm not saying that they're not going to be people who are interested in it. I'm not even saying it's not going to be. No, good. I'm just I, what I, my point I'm, being was I'm curious to know what they what what a layperson thinks of the show. I'm very very interested. I, to see. I mean, I mean, you have you can't really ask anybody in our in our circle because none of them are lay people. But um, but what I'm just talking, I'm not even talking about like I'm just. No, saying, I know what you're saying. I, I know what you're saying. I'm just jumping. I know. I know. I'm just jumping aboard. What, I know. Yeah. Jumping yeah. aboard what you said. You mentioned you mentioned Doctor Manhattan and his uh, backstory. That was probably the most thrilling. Well, maybe not the most thrilling because the the cliffhanger at the end kind of had me very curious. But the um, Adrian Veidt 
scene was uh, was 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 pretty intense. The nature of uh, Jeremy Irons' creepy servants is one of the biggest questions in Watchmen, but it's possible that Mr. Phillips could actually be Dr. Manhattan. This is according to Screen Rant, uh, or rather a clone of his human alter ego, John Osterman. Phillips and Veidt's maid, Miss Crookshanks, Sarah Vickers, appeared in Watchmen's pilot, happily serving their master. Uh, this includes acting in a bizarre play Adrian wrote called The Watchmaker's Son, which we got to witness in this episode. <laughs> and uh, their twisted performance gives the powerful impression Veidt is mocking Dr. Manhattan and his dead girlfriend, Jen- Janie Slater, via Phillips and Crookshanks, who could be the genetically engineered doppelgangers. Uh, could be. Though Watchmen hasn't explicitly declared Jeremy Irons is playing Adrian Veidt, um, it leaves little doubt that Irons' mystery man is indeed Ozymandias. Uh, there's a tie-in website that also gives supplemental uh, materials, um, but it basically the maybe maybe further erasing still, doubts. Still a maybe <laughs> is he declared he was writing a play, a tragedy in five X called The Watchmaker's Son, and now that it has been performed, it's absolutely about Doctor Manhattan's tragic origin, a tale Vite knows horribly well. Um, yeah. Doesn't the necessarily big scene, mean that's Vite. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't. It just doesn't. I mean, is, it's it's. It's a good it it's a good hypothesis, but we yeah. don't know it for certain. I mean, so like it, by by claiming anything for certain is a mistake. Yeah, I know, I know. It it's uh it this is another way that people can kind of be brought into Watchmen, uh, the graphic novel without having to have read it because every fan of uh, Moore and Gibbons graphic novel or even the Zack Snyder movie, even though it has nothing to do with it, um. It it uh, the watchmaker's son picks up the story's tragic end in 1959 at the Gilla Flats Research Lab. Uh, Doctor John Osterman and his girlfriend desperately in love, but John mistakenly left his left his father's pocket watch in their creation in their creation the intrinsic field generator. After going to retrieve the watch, Osterman is sealed inside and is disintegrated, only to reemerge weeks later as Doctor Manhattan, uh, the watchmaker's son. <laughs> What what did you think of that scene when he gets when the when the guy gets burned alive and then you reveal that there's you know multiple clones of the butler inside? Well, at the moment, at the time, I thought they were robots, so I was like, ah, oh, okay. okay, okay. But I mean, like you know, once they burned them and they pulled out a, a charred carcass, I was like, okay, they're clones. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I never, I was never, I was always under the impression that they were, uh, they were creations of his, you know. Yeah, I mean, just just by the dialogue in the first one about how they didn't, you know, they didn't know how to cook a because they made that terrible birthday cake that yeah. you can tell by Jeremy Irons' face was yeah. uh, was horrendous, and they tried to cut it open with a shoe horse, a horseshoe, a shoe horse. Oh my god, <laughs> a horseshoe, you know. And he's like, "That is a horseshoe. That is not a knife," you know. So obviously, there's something off with the staff, right? So yeah. You know, obviously, you know, and I mean, they—they're adults. They seem with it enough that they should know the difference between some of these uh, the uten- certainly between utensils, and then perhaps they should, you know, maybe if you think that they're in the um, the home professional industry, they should know how to cook a cake. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> obviously, there's something up with them. I don't know if that's Ozzy Mendez. Could be Adrian Veidt. It could be. Um, and uh, he was—he is one of my favorite characters from the book, and I—and I think, I and mean, I, I love Jeremy Irons, so I think that would be a yeah. great—that—that's a great get if that is him. But we just don't know that's him yet. So I'm just—I'm not willing to cash in on who or what anybody is just yet until I am told. I am not. 
I'm not. I'm, I'm not against you speculating. I'm not saying we shouldn't speculate. No, yeah, Shut I mean, the heck up, and you're ruining it. But I myself, I'm not going to get into that that game because the 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 um, Doctor Manhattan thing. They said Doctor Manhattan cannot take human form. They said right. it in the show. Now, could be that there it's another red herring, and they're throwing that at us. Mm-hmm. And that either either Lou Gossett Jr. is Doctor Manhattan, or that um, that one of Vite's uh, you know servants is Doctor Manhattan for real, or whatever. But to me, and I could be dead wrong, and I'm prepared to take the heat if I am. If you tell us it can't happen, and they go, "Whoops, jackpot! It did happen." I think that's bad, bad right? I don't think you know? that is. They I mean, went, you said this to me because they, you didn't, they didn't have to you, you, look at it the other way. They didn't have to go through the motion of telling us it couldn't happen. Look at Ghostbusters. Don't cross huh? the streams. And we have to cross the streams. It's the only way no, we're going to no, stop no, safe. No, 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 no. That's not quite how that works. If, you do, if I tell you don't cross the streams, and then at the end I make a big deal of, okay, we could, we could cross the streams now. And you say, well, wait a minute. You told me that crossing the streams <laughs> was bad. And they made a big deal out of it. And then it's yeah. like, yeah, but the door swings, both, blah, blah, blah. It's a, diff- it's a completely different analogy right. than a piece of throwaway dialogue of, no, Dr. Man- I mean, if they had thought, okay, you are Dr. Manhattan. And he, and he made a big deal. No, Dr. Manhattan can't take human form. So obviously How would they know that he can't take on human form, though? See, there, there's, to me, there, there's definitely I'm not definitely talking a- about this. Is, here's, here's the thing. I'm not talking about what they know. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the information that we are being given and the manner in which we are being given. But you always have to question who's giving the information. Yes, but you have to. But you. But there is also a manner in which the information is given, which makes what the information that you have been given either good information or bad information. Mm. Okay, and if you're going, if it's a big deal in your story that Doctor Manhattan is one of these characters, but you don't want the audience to think he's one of these characters, then the one thing you don't do, and you should know this as a writer, is suggest he might be one of these characters. That's the, that's, that's the thing you don't do if that's one of your goals. So if that's what they did and that's what they're doing, yeah, I, don't I think, declare I don't that think to be that's crap I don't think that's going to happen. That's, I don't think Lou Gossett Jr. About. I don't think Lou Gossett Jr.'s character is Of course is he's not. He's something Dr. else. You're not gonna, something else. You're not going to un, uh, unleash the controversial yeah. sandstorm no. of depicting a real horrible racial uh, you know, injustice right. that happened in our country and then just turn, turn the, the one witness who was there into a blue guy. You're right. not going to do it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No, so, I don't think I mean, so either. You're not going to do that. And I don't think Dr. Manhattan's going to be wasting time with Vite you know, doing, doing yeah. plays and reenactments of the, 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 the disaster right. that got him killed. I think that's a bad theory. I think those are bad yeah. theories. No, no, but if it's the clone, if it's based off of it, Maybe yeah, that's not what the that's not what you said. The article said the article you said the article suspects it suspects that one of them is actually Doctor Manhattan, uh, and that um, yeah, that's definitely one of them could be a clone of the original. Yeah, um, the that's that could be that could definitely be, and that and they, the information that they've given us it wouldn't the fact that he was a one of those characters is a clone of the original Doctor yeah. Manhattan would not be it would not be ruined by the information that they've given us. Yeah. Right. You have to, you have to just, we have to go to the, um, to the screen and just compare penises. And then we'll, then we'll be, we'll be okay. You uh, do that. I'll, let us I'll, know what you think. What did you I'll think of here? <laughs> what did you think of episode two? 
what is your reaction to Watchmen series so far? Uh, for us, it's, it's definitely been a lot of fun covering. We'll continue to cover this uh, as we go along. All right, when we come back, we go spinning the racks. Oh, look, Kid Herod is fighting Cersei again. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that something. <laughs> Ain't that something. Are, are they gonna? Are they gonna bring Daenerys in? Are they gonna? Yes. Marvel's attempt. This is Marvel's attempt to Do like. It. Do it re- all. Just to retcon the ending of Game of Thrones. Isn't Maybe it? so. Maybe this will be how they do it. They're gonna the do it. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Uh, just wanted to remind folks that Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by On Location Tours, the superhero tour of New York City. You'll see over 40 filming locations for movies and TV shows like The Avengers, Spider-Man, and Jessica Jones. Receive 10% off with code SECRETS at checkout. Uh, was at a convention rec- uh, just last week on Friday. Uh, Ramon Gill. Uh, that was recently. <laughs> but, well, you, yeah, could, was, you could have stuck with recently. Uh, it was Friday. <laughs> And uh, it was Diversity Con in New York City at FIT, um, put on by the administration, but uh, headed by Ramon Gill. Was it so uh, diverse had that you show. had a fit? Was it? Was it? No, no. I was, I was happy with the diversity. I was invited. I was inclusive. It was. It was inclusive of me. So it's that's F- that's all I want. FIT. You said so. I'm sorry. Oh, fit. So, oh, so diverse. You, that was a terrible joke. Uh, yeah, but you doesn't didn't stop you from missing it. I win. I caught I caught up with. Lisa Hawkins from Valiant and we sat down we had this tremendous interview and here we decided to do today we decided why don't we spin the racks Valiant comic style with Lisa Hawkins here's my interview with her Lisa Hawkins, Valiant Entertainment. Welcome. You are spinning the racks with Hassan and Mike. How's everything going? Oh, everything's going so super. Thank you guys for having me. And you guys, now you were on here last year. Uh, it, it was our first live event. You actually came yeah, at the comic store. The toy which was, show. Yeah, which was very memorable. Toy store. No, it's the comic book store. It's, it's a comic store. Oh, but I, I almost there. had nothing to say at that time. It was like Punk had just come, was, was just being announced. I, 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 now I have so much more to say. Well, I know, I know. And that's the cool thing uh, that I was really excited to talk about. Uh, but let's, let's start with uh, one of our favorite characters um, is uh, Bloodshot. And you guys had the movie trailer out. Things are getting hyped. Yay! And you guys it's are so, doing... It's so exciting. How does that feel around the offices to just to kind of see? Because it's for for those who don't know, I mean, Valiant Comics was a '90s mainstay. It was brought back, um, you know, I guess maybe ten years ago now. At this point, I mean, it might have been even even less than that. Ooh. And and all the characters, you know, that we loved growing up in the '90s, kind of got a fresh start uh, with the new Valiant. And now to see it kind of move into movie territory is really really exciting. What was the what was the uh, the feeling at the office uh, when the trailer got released. Well, well, we were all very, we were super excited. Uh, uh, the trailer is amazing. Um, 
yeah, we we were all just really very excited to see it happen. Yeah, and and the the, the response has been overwhelming. Uh, people seem to really love it and want to see this movie. And yeah, we couldn't be happier. Hmm? I think no. the office, everybody's very very happy. And now you got uh, Tim Seeley jumping on uh, the comic book. And what can you talk to us about the new Bloodshot? Well. That's one of my babies. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 wonderful. Uh, it's 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 exciting. It's an adventure, um, a roller coaster ride. Um, anybody who wants to know about this character can jump on from the very first issue and know exactly who he is by yeah. the end of the first issue, which is you know it, it it's good. Uh, it, it's very <laughs> inviting for for a new reader. And that's very exciting, and that's something we miss too in uh, in comics is is accessibility. I feel like uh, you know once once the series gets started, it, it becomes less and less accessible for someone to just kind of jump in these days. So it's it's great to be able to kind of you know, especially with the movie coming out, to be able to kind of jump right in. Uh, right, exactly, exactly, and, and we're really honing in on it with, with in Valiant. Um, we're having a zero issue that's going to come out in in February when the the movie comes out. So it's it's another jumping on point, and it, it starts right before our series number one starts. Yeah. So it sort of leads the reader right into it. So if they and like the movie, then they'll like the the book. Another. <laughs> Another Valiant mainstay uh, that's that's coming out in November is uh, Rye uh, with uh, Dan Abnett and Juan Jose Rip. Um, what for for those that are unfamiliar, what is what's the difference between Rye and Bloodshot? Being that they're very similar looking characters, just in the sense uh, they've always been in that in that sense. But you know, what's the take on on Rye? This uh, of the blood of heroes. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, yeah. All right, well, well, I mean, they they are similar because they're basically cousins. You understand mm-hmm. that, right? Yes. They well, were all yes. they, they were. Well, I, I don't want to go deep into the weeds here, but they're created <laughs> by the same person, you know, essentially. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 that's hence why they look very similar. <laughs> However, I really wanted to break that apart, which is why I have my new rye coming out. With a lot more hair, <laughs> um, <laughs> because I wanted him to look, you know, not not quite as much as like his cousin. Um, he is. I'm so excited about this series. Uh, you know, uh, this this series. Um, you know, they're all my babies. This one's very near to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I pitched this series, I, I I called it the Adventures of Samurai Jack and Astro Boy. You know, yeah. um, because, you know, and it, and it is, it is, it is a bit of, you know, Road Warrior, um, a bit of Lone Wolf and Cub. But really, I, I mean, Rye, Rye in this series is tackling big issues. Um, yeah. What he's done before and, and what, where, where he wants to be um, and the hero he wants to be, the person he wants to be, you know, um, and uh, I don't want to tell you much. Uh, it's, it's a sci-fi <laughs> fantasy blast, and and please pick it up because it's great, you know. Um, and that's 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 right. Um, so it's yeah. it's it's funny. I mean, I mean, I'm going through a lot of the stuff that you guys have, and there's there's a lot of um, characters from when I was a Valiant fan in the '90s that come around. You know, you have Doctor Mirage is doing very well, Quantum and Woody. Uh, but then the thing that I've I've noticed about Valiant over the last few years, though, too, is you guys are really creating new characters. Um, you know, uh, you have uh, Visitor, 
uh, from Paul Levitz. Now, what's, mm-hmm. what's the story behind a lot of the newer stuff that, that isn't necessarily uh, contained in the original Valiant universe? Well, it's whether or not it can fit in the Valiant universe. Mm-hmm. You know, are we going to, is this story a Valiant story? Um, and if it is, well, then it has legs. Mm-hmm. There are, there are several new IP, yeah. and, you know, IP stories coming out next year and the year following. So look for it. It's great. <laughs> I can't tell you more about that, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, can say, I can say mine is more of a science fiction story, like why? Science okay. fantasy. Okay. <laughs> so that's all. All right. Uh, October 2019. That's now. See, so you can definitely talk about Roku. Uh, Cullen yes, Bunn. Yes, it comes out tomorrow. Go buy it. Yes. Cullen Bunn is one of my favorite writers. Uh, what Me is the too. elevator pitch on Roku? Oh, high acting volume. You know, it, it's John Woo to 11. Uh, it, it, it's just go fight, fight, fight. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's nonstop action. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, it will introduce another side to this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and place her in a place in the, the Valiant universe where she can go anywhere. Where do you foresee the Valiant universe in the next couple months? Uh, I mean, I guess in a way you, you obviously know where the future of the Valiant universe is going, but in terms of are you guys going to be bringing back characters that we've seen already, or, or is, it, is it, do you see you guys going into more direction of just continually new uh, IPs uh, to kind of Oh, no, keep going? no, no. It's, gonna, it's, it's definitely, it's, it, we're, we are bringing back fan favorites, Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people you haven't seen in a long time will be showing up next year, mm-hmm. um, as well as completely new IP. So it's anybody's guess. It's exciting. What's uh, what creators do you have your eye on that you'd love to bring in and uh, and and have the, have a dose at some valiant? Well, uh, I can't tell you because I already <laughs> got them. <laughs> you know. Um, okay. You said, yeah. You well, said, I'm excited. You said, you, said yeah. you could tell us so much more. <laughs> well, okay. Um, well, it, it's all good. You know. <laughs> um, um, you know. I. Yeah. No. And unfortunately, until things are announced, I can't say anything. Um. What can I tell you? Um. I can tell you that. Yeah, it's it's. There's been a lot of excitement going on. Are, are um, creators are creators seeking you guys out with stories now? Yeah, they are. They are. You know, people are excited about what the, the changes in, in Valiant right now. Yeah, you know, I, I, that's what I hear when I go to comic con conventions. There, there. Everybody's talking about how the the new direction is really just exciting them, and and it excites me. Um, well, so. What specifically? What specific, when you talk about the new direction? What specifically um, do you mean when 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 uh, like like if I'm if I'm a creator out there, do I think of Valiant as I have this story that isn't connected to the universe, but maybe it could be? Do I bring it to them? Is is it something like you know? Just go into a little more detail well, on that. Okay. Well, I mean, if you have a, a great idea, mm-hmm. um, you know that you think could be part of it. You know, you, you, you obviously have to get in touch with somebody, Um, (laughs) but, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I've had like prose writers, um, 
reach out to me and, and, yeah. and come up with this fantastic storyline. And I was like, this is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I pitched it and it, it went through. So now yeah. I have this new IP. It's not coming out anytime soon, unfortunately, <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> it's great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, um, and, uh, you know, and it's, it, 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 it's not a comic book writer. It's, it's a, you know, a, a, you know, New York Times bestseller type, type of person. Yeah, bring, you know, but but um, prose but it's, writer. It's a prose writer, exactly. But it's, but it's sounds going through his database right now. He's like, is it <laughs> yeah. is it this yeah. one? Is it yeah. this one? <laughs> no, no, it's not him. No, it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's so exciting. <laughs> it's, it's just so exciting, and I, I can't wait. I can't wait to bring it out there for you guys. And I have a new pitch that, oh, God, I wish I could talk about right now. But um, <laughs> I know, I know, um, I know this what is What are more... you eating right now? <laughs> she's she's like, are you eating, eating or drinking something. I mean, something she can tell us, right? What, what was your, <laughs> what was, what did you have for dinner? Tonight. <laughs> I had spaghetti. It wasn't very exciting. Oh, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that's good. No, you know what though? That was a good litmus test because if you if you told us the spaghetti was really exciting, then, yeah. then that would actually lower our ex, our like. We know you excitement. were padding the the, right. the entire thing. Right. No, but no, but there, see, there no, is good. The, the, it really wasn't. <laughs> this is this is probably a little more of a business end question. You may or may not have the answer, but um, you know, like I look at things where you guys can like pre-order the the bundle edition of like bloodshot and dr mirage um Mm -hmm. and there are companies like tko right now that are doing things uh that are a little outside the box uh in terms of what how retailers can can order books um you know what do you guys talk about at the at the offices in terms of like you know breaking new ground in terms of reaching new readers uh you know uh, the bundle i think that the bundle is 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 pretty cool in terms of being able to do that but uh what other like innovative ideas do you guys have in terms of uh distribution and just getting new readers well that's really not i i I don't have the answer to that um yeah unfortunately no no that that wouldn't be for me um i know what i'm trying to do is is like I look at my books and I say like, okay, I look at, at something like a Forgotten Queen or a Punk Mambo or a mm-hmm. Dr. Mirage and I say, okay, that's sort of my, that's my homage to, to Karen Berger and, and um, mm-hmm. Shelley Bond. That, that's my, my Vertigo books. Um, yeah. And I look over at my, my Bloodshot or Roku and I think, okay, those are my, my action adventure books. Those are mm-hmm. my like mm-hmm. my hardcore, you know, action you know, um, superhero books. Yeah. Um, something like a rye or the other books that I'm developing, they, they could be more of the sci-fi fantasy books. Um, so I, 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 I put them in the genres. Yeah. Um, and then pitch I, it like that. Like this is who I'm, 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 I'm going for. That's awesome. The audience. No, that's, that's awesome. What, um, and, and, and I, and I'm going and I, and I can throw something else out. I'm Ooh, doing see, a YA book, <sighs> you know, so I'm I'm creating a YA book there. There you have it. Something else new. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. The YA industry is 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 just blowing up for for graphic novels and comics too. I mean, it's right. I mean, is I feel like that's the next the next big thing. Mm-hmm. So is is the YA book for Faith? Are we talking Faith or is this? Is I this... no no. You're not getting anything else for me. No no. <laughs> I'm not saying anything else. Well. Uh, 
Lisa, this has been a pleasure because I love hearing about Valiant. And next time we talk to you, you're going to have even more stuff you can't tell us, right? Yeah. Well, and I can also tell you other things that are happening that, I, that aren't from me, but there oh, are okay. wonderful things down the pike. I mean, as you said, the visitor is coming on, in December. Uh-huh. In, in January, it's Quantum and Woody. And, and then there are more wonderful things right off the bat. You know, Valiant, Valiant's going to have a banner year next year. Well, so stay on board. We stay Valiant. You guys have, well, first of all, Hassan used to work at Valiant many, 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 yeah. many, 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 uh, we really appreciate you uh, spinning the Valiant comic book racks. Oh, always tonight. a pleasure, and, and thank you for listening. And, I, and go buy Valiant and buy Ro- Roku tomorrow. Yay! I, yeah. I'm hitting. I'm hitting my comic store, so I will, I will definitely pick it up. I'm ex- very excited about that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Want to thank our guest Lisa Hawkins. Uh, lots going on with Valiant Comics. A lot of a lot of big name creators doing some really awesome things there. And uh, we love being able to kind of clue everyone in on what's going on in the comics world as that is the foundation for all the movies and TV uh, that people are just consuming like crazy. Uh, Next week, we're going to give you our in-depth review of uh, Terminator Dark Fate, much to Hassan's chagrin. And in two weeks... Much, 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 much. Uh, next week, we also welcome Todd Black on. He's got a, he is a Kickstarter creator, so we'll spin the racks with Todd. And in two weeks, we've got Brian Volkweiss coming on from The Toys That Made Us. He's going to talk about season three. And we're going we're gonna, to... This is the part that I'm excited about, too. In a couple weeks, we'll be deep diving into Disney+. Plus. We've got our Mandalorian uh, yeah. review coming in three you've seen all the ads for it now weeks. it's all over the place it's on it facebook is. it's yeah. on uh, it's on youtube which is which is kind of bold i think <laughs> put it on youtube is kind of yeah. it's kind of in your face yeah. Kind of situation. but yeah yeah gonna be fun see y'all next week